I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric at home of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. My guest today needs no introduction. He is the legendary Chick Hernandez. Chick, how are you? What's happening? How you doing? Good. Thank you for doing this with us today. Absolutely. Chick, I'm, I'm always curious about the genesis of a nickname. I'm curious how you became Chick. Oh, man, that's a really long story. Um, let's see if I can cut it down. Uh, so when I was at University of Maryland at the radio station WMUC, um, I didn't believe getting into the business that I could do that with my given name, Carlos Hernandez. I didn't think there was enough opportunities for minorities. So I had changed. I shortened my name while at Maryland uh, to Carl Hearn. So just the first syllables of each name. And that's how I did. I called Maryland basketball for the radio station for the last two years of my college. Len Bias's final year and, and then the next year. Um, so I did that, and then I got an opportunity uh, for a job. Larry Michael, who was then producing radio for Mutual Broadcasting, brought me in. And when I walked into the office, I said, how you doing? To the other guys at the station, I said, how you doing? My name is Carl Hearn. And this guy, Dan Miller, who's now the voice of the Detroit Lions, he said, oh, are you Chick's illegitimate kid? Chick Hearn being a very famous Lakers broadcaster back in the day. And I kind of looked at him like side-eyed, like that's not very funny. But I guess the look that I gave everybody in the office, there was no doubt they were going to call me Chick from that point forward. So they started calling me Chick. And about two weeks in, I'm like, guys, there's already a Chick Hearn. And then I just kind of went, wait a minute. What if I just retake my last name, Chick Hernandez? That kind of flows and my mom would be happy because Hernandez is back in the in the loop, and uh, and the rest is history. I've always been curious, Chick, and I'm curious your thoughts on it. The DMV has long been full and put out tons of media personalities. What is it about the DMV that has been so successful with pumping out um, from the Van Pelts to the Julie Donaldsons to the Chick Hernandez of the world. Um, well, I mean, you know, Julie's not from here, so I won't put her on the DMV list, but certainly Van Pelt uh, is, um, Bram Weinstein is, uh, you know, I, and I'm not sure it'll happen. L- Lindsay Zarniak, I guess, is who I was thinking yes, of. Yes, yeah, Lindsay, absolutely local. Um, you know, her father was a longtime uh, journalist for USA Today. So I think... I think I'm not sure it's going to continue down that road because the, our business has changed so much. But I think back in the day, look, I'm, I got a I got a gray goatee, so I'm old enough to have grown up watching Glenn Brenner and George Michael uh, as the two lead sportscasters in in DC. And I interned for Glenn and James Brown uh, back in the day, so I I knew what I wanted to do at a very early age. Um, and I just watched. And I think anybody who was from this area who watched sports, just because they watched it so much, anybody who was interested in it, it certainly became ingrained in how to do it. And when I took the internship, like for me, when I took the internship with with, uh, Channel 9, it was then and there that I realized that I really wanted to do it, uh, 
that I had the aptitude to do it and that it was made for me. Um, and that was, you know, again, that was the, the beginning. So I think in this town, in this market, it's a major market, it's a top 10 market in the country. And there's so much that you can see news, sports, whatever. Um, so I think that's why a lot of folks came out and we had, you know, at Maryland, we had a great, uh, journalist program for me, it was radio, TV and film, uh, program. Um, that's where Van Pelt came out of, you know, we did a, you know, you get a lot of reps in class. I was a Guinea pig for a lot of people's projects because I wanted to get my reps in front of a camera. So I think the area schools, uh, played a pretty big part in that too. You mentioned Maryland quickly while I have you. Maryland is uh, two and two. They've had football program. They've they've had to cancel two games now. Uh, are both of those cancellations on them? I ask that because if I'm not mistaken, you get three cancellations in college football before you're no longer eligible for postseason play. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I think that's correct. I I mean, is it on them? I you know, it's hard to say. You know, I mean, it's happening in college and the pros, so I don't know. You know, I mean, they could be super diligent and you can't, uh, you know, you're at the mercy of others sometimes, too. So I, I don't I can't put blame on anything. Our country is in a complete downward spiral right now when it comes to this virus. So I'm not going to hold, you know, 50, 60 guys in a football program accountable for, you know, people that, that catch it. Now, obviously, in college. You know, we've seen some teams, I forgot who it was recently, who, you know, absolutely just was, was partying and or even the pros. I mean, they got, you know, the Raiders, or the, they, got, yeah. they got fined, you know, for partying after a victory. So I'm not going to blame, a, you know, a college student or, you know, I mean, Mike Loxley caught the virus. And I'm pretty sure that Mike did the best he possibly could to not catch it. Um, but it's impossible uh, when you're dealing with a lot of people. That's not, you know, it's, it's almost impossible unless you're, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to coach a team and be quarantined. So uh, it's, it's virtually impossible. Yep. And they were down almost 20 players, I think this week, but I'm curious your thoughts. He's been a little up and down. Uh, did Loxley finally get the right guy and Tungo Valoa? Uh, I definitely got one of the better guys. I, I think, you know, he's just, he's just, you know, he's, it's going to take some time. Um, that's why I kind of laugh uh, at people who are trying to grade Dwayne Haskins. The guy played 10 college games, you know, at Ohio State and then is, you know, drafted and didn't, you know, obviously he's had two different coordinators already in his young career. So uh, for Talia, I think you can see the physical talent there. And I think, you know, it hasn't been that long under a Loxley offense. I think we're going to see some some progress from him. So, I mean, out of all the candidates they have, I think he's the the right guy to have. And, and he's one of the more exciting quarterbacks that this uh, college has had in a very, very long time. You know, we've, for heaven's sakes, we, we started a linebacker at quarterback a couple of years ago. It's insane. So um, we've gone five deep on a quarterback chart. That's not good if you're trying to be a top-tier Division uh, One program. You brought up Haskins, so I'll take the sure. bridge. Um, the, we are learning, I think, about Rivera um, as to his press conferences and, and what he tells us and what to believe. He has told us repeatedly that they are not done with Haskins. And to your point, 
he hasn't played a lot and needed more help and needed more time. And to Rivera's credit, I think you can see that the team has improved since they moved on. Do you believe him when he says that Haskins is still in the plans for the future? I don't know, Ron, or Coach Rivera. Um, If I was closer to the program, I could answer that better. Um, But from what I've seen out of uh, Rivera throughout his career, he is not one to mince words. Um, And I think any player who's played for him uh, believes that. So I don't think he's the type of guy that gives up on someone. I think what he has seen is he knows that Dwayne, excuse me, has the physical talents and the and and as a quarterback, uh, the cerebral talent if he applies it. And I think what Rivera saw was that this kid wasn't working. I call him a kid because he's still young, but the, the, this young man wasn't yeah. working as hard as he should be, and so. I think for Rivera making the decision to go with Kyle Allen, you know, and then ultimately uh, Alex Smith, there's, you know, there's something to be said for having a guy sit back and watch a pro's pro. And there is no better example for Dwayne Haskins than watching a guy who nearly lost his life to a leg injury during a football game work his way back for two years to come back and play and play at this level. And if, and if, if you can't get that message, and I'm sure that Rivera's watching right now, he's watching Haskins, and if he sees that this kid's not getting that from Alex Smith, then he'll be done with him. But he's giving him every opportunity to watch a pro's pro play the game, knowing that he doesn't need to play right now. It's we, we, you know Because he's the drop, top draft pick that everybody wants, he's got to play now, he's got to play now. Well, there's been plenty of cases where top draft picks – watched and then learned and got better. And I think that's what Rivera's waiting for and watching out of Dwayne. I remember Doc Walker saying before the season started that he really believed that the coaching staff wanted Alex Smith. I'm not sure they ever thought that Alex Smith would get to this point. Do you think it's looking more and more like number 11 will be the starting quarterback Come the start of next um, season? I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you that. I'm not a big prediction guy. I will tell you that they know they have a viable option now. Um, and I think they're going to put the onus on Dwayne to work in the offseason to get his rear end in gear uh, and to show something. Um, and now they know they have a quarterback in, in Alex Smith that certainly, even a year later, even at his advanced age, when he'll be 37 next year, um, that's nothing when it comes to a quarterback and a guy who works as hard as he does. Um, but I'm sure that, the, I mean, I, I laughed when the report came out that Alex Smith was in their plans for next year. Well, guess what? He's under contract. So why wouldn't he be in their plans? He's got to be in their plan. So <laughs> it makes sense. Right. Why, you know, that's, we, what do you, who, what other teams going to go, Hey, we want Alex Smith. Nobody, no other team's going to do that, even though he is a viable quarterback, but no one's saying I got to have Alex Smith. Whereas you have Alex Smith in your fold. Why wouldn't he be part of your plans? Whether he's the starter next year, I think that all comes down to earning the job. And we can't discount Kyle Allen either. <laughs> Even from that horrible ankle injury, I don't know what that situation is um, as far as his comeback. But so, yeah, I'm not surprised by it. Um, it makes sense to me if I'm a football person in that building. Um, 
And, and again, I go back to, you know, what was the first thing that everybody talked about when Rivera was, was hired was the culture in the building and how it needs to change. Well, you couldn't ask for a better example of a football player slash human than Alex Smith and for people to glean off of stuff. And I, you know, when you hear defensive linemen talking about Alex Smith, because sometimes in NFL locker rooms, they're just the groupings. And other than after a good play, dapping somebody up, there's not a whole lot of, of you know, you the defensive line guy knowing what a quarterback is doing other than that guy can throw a football. Well, when you hear them talking now about Alex Smith, it's with reverence and impression and, and how this guy fought back. So he is he is he has leaked his psyche into a, uh, all the areas of this of the squad. Well, and to your point, it, it's odd in, in the modern NFL. Thirty-seven doesn't even seem old for a quarterback. We see examples of guys playing almost to forty yeah. all the time now. Yeah. It's kind of odd. Yeah, no question. It, I mean, you know, well, that's that speaks to the modern-day athlete. You know, back in the day, I'll say it. I'll say it. Back in the day, they didn't even come to camp in shape. They got into camp to get in shape. All players now especially quarterbacks are taking their health and their strength uh, serious because they do want to elongate their careers. And you've got a 43 year old Tom Brady who's playing at a, you know, he's playing at a pretty high level. Um, quarterbacks are seeing that uh, they don't want to quit the game. There's too much money in it. Sure. Rivera said, Chick, that the, uh, that the team is getting close. I'm not suggesting that wins over the Cowboys and, Bengals and a close one with the Giants is getting us there, but it does feel like this team's a little different than the ones we've seen in the past. Is that? Yeah, I mean, feel? look, they're, they're in years past. It could be two horrible teams, Washington and Dallas, and it would come out looking horrible. Um, what I saw on Thanksgiving was a a defense that was flying around, um, playing much better uh, in every phase of the game uh you know no longer are we looking at linebackers who can't cover a back out of the backfield which was embarrassing for years um so yeah it's it is a better product for sure and you have some studs you know who would have thought uh that antonio gibson would be the player he is i don't you know other than people in that building i don't think any Washington fan, you know, before the season said, we got to have Antonio Gibson. Well, I mean, he is a bell cow for this squad. Um, McLaurin is a, just a bad, mad man uh, when it comes to what he's doing on the field. Uh, so it's a, it's a better product. Uh, I think it's a better product. Will they lay an egg here coming down the stretch? Who knows? But it's a better product, and, and they aren't folding. Um, which I have seen from this franchise in years past to an embarrassing uh, effect. But this this team has not done that. I don't think they'll do that under Ron Rivera. Um, so it's a, it's a it's a better product and a, it's an enjoyable watch. You know, to be quite honest, you know, you're not you're not watching with wondering what's going to happen next. Now you're wondering who's going to make the next play, which is kind of cool. It is. It's been incredible about Terry McLaurin because he's the only weapon the team's had uh, for quite some time until the emergence of the running backs this year. And even when double team, he gets open or makes tough catches. 
I can't imagine that this is what they thought they were getting when they drafted him in the third round. Well, I don't think year. anybody thought it because what he was the third quarterback, um, sorry, third receiver out of OSU, right? I mean, he was the he was the third, star, right? So yeah. everybody's like, oh, look at the other two guys. So I don't think anybody predicted it, um, but that speaks to your scouting staff. That speaks to a guy who works somebody out and says, you know what? There's an intangible with this dude, and then talking with. I mean, we had Chad Ochocinco on our on our uh, Chicken Smoot show last Sunday, and he raved about McLaren. And I said, well, what makes him so good? He goes, there's nothing spectacular about him. He goes, but what he does to a DB is he doesn't show you anything. So you now where you could key on something, you can't key on something with him. He does little things in his routes that just throw you off. And he goes, and once he's got the ball in his hands, now you're just hanging off for dear life because he's got such breakaway speed. It's not it's not top forty speed that you see in a, in a combine, but once he's got the ball, he's one of the fastest players, you know, on the field. And that's there's a difference there. There's guys who can run in shorts, and there are guys who can run with in pads with a football. And this guy does that. He's faster on the field than he was in his forty, which is hard to explain, but that's the way it appears, and that's the way the DBs are finding out quickly. You know, on a quick slant, you think you have an angle. Oh crap, you don't. So, um, yeah, he's been a – I mean, I hope they don't overwork him to where he gets hurt, uh, but he seems to be embracing I want the football, and he's getting it. On the other side of the ball, it feels to me like we haven't had a guy like Chase Young as far as attitude and swagger. You can tell that guys are feeding off that energy on the sideline it feels like he's a different kind of player than we've had. Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, you know, this is a LeVar Arrington of his day. Um, That's the way it feels to me, a a game changer, a playmaker, um, and a little less uh, of a me, me, me guy. LeVar was definitely a, you know, he was a different cat. Um, And, but he was trying to capitalize on all of that. I think Chase is like, I just want to play. And, 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 you know, I think he felt horrible uh, after the you know the previous game when he got the you know rough in the passer penalty that cost him. Yeah. Um, and he came out and just basically said, "I'll show you with my ball," and that's what he's done. And yeah, he's a he's getting double and triple teamed, which is opening things up for the other guys. Which is you know, you know, I'm sure he gets frustrated by it, but that's what Ryan Kerrigan used to get frustrated by. He used to get doubled in, in his first four or five years all the time and get held. Um, but it opened up other areas. So I, I love the way that Chase plays. I was pleasantly surprised and almost shocked that he came back from his injury because we thought, uh-oh, what's going on there? But he came back pretty quick with that. So, I uh, no, he's, he's a fun to watch um, and just, you know, you knew it. You're just looking at him. You knew he was going to do something special in the NFL, and you know, he, he is going to be a top rookie uh, in this league for sure. It also is a new year for Morgan Moses. He dropped a ton of weight, was playing really great on the right side. They moved him over to the left side. It's incredible to me how seamless he's made well, that transaction or transition for a guy who yeah, had a time. And so now people are going, gosh, why did we move over there earlier? <laughs> um, but the two things about right. Morgan uh, that I've noticed, and even my, my partner Fred Smoot has noticed, is that one, uh, his name's not being called for holding, um, which is, you know, it was a was a 
big thing in his early career. And two, there's not a stoppage in play because Morgan Moses is down on the field yet again. He has been uh, relatively uh, injury-free as far as we can tell. He is out there balling. And the move to left tackle is is harder than most folks understand. Um, you have a dominant hand that you use, and now you are forced to use your non-dominant hand um, and dominant leg as well and set and pass pro, all of that. So uh, it is a change for him. Again, he did it a long time ago, but that's, you know, we're talking, that's a long time ago. And he has just come out and done a really good job and also led. He's been a, I, I've always loved talking to Morgan. Uh, he's a, cere- a cerebral guy, as most offensive linemen are. Um, but he has quietly been one of the MVPs of this squad. I, admittedly on a squad that didn't have a whole lot of victories, just four, but he has been stepped in and taken over that role. And it's, you know, it's, it's fun to watch. He's 29 years old, man. He's got, you know, as a lineman, he's got about five years left. If that. No, it's incredible. Uh, Now that's not to say I think he should start the season (laughs) at left tackle next year, but just the job that he's done is incredible for next year. I I know you said you don't like to predict things and I get that, but if you were the GM of the team, you've got Morgan Moses at right tackle. Are you, are you paying sheriff the big money to come back next year? I don't think I am. I, you know, I, I thought he had a tremendous upside. Um, he's, he's a really good player. Um, but I've not seen the progression out of him. And obviously he's been nicked up to injured a couple of times. So I'm not playing big, paying big bucks for him. I'm looking for uh, somebody, a stud, um, either through the draft or, or if something opens up on another squad. But I'm not going to waste a ton of cash on Brandon Sheriff. Chick, I know you're doing the um... – Yep. The PGA yep. radio, right? Are you are you traveling with sometimes them? yes, sometimes no. Uh with COVID, uh no. Uh which is very interesting. I have the equipment here in my house. I'm calling this week's or I'm not calling, I'm I'm doing the yeah, I'm doing the play by play for the Mayakoba classic uh in Mexico, and I'll be here right in my office calling it. We have two rovers on course, uh the hosts in studio, and one of the analysts will be at his home and I'll be at my home and it is a different time and it's odd, um, but they give us, you know, a couple of feeds and, you know, you can't tell that I'm not on the course, which is amazing. I listen to it and go, holy crap, I, saw, I think I'm there. Uh, not, but it's, uh, yeah. I, I love it. I, golf, I'm, golf is my addiction. I just played the last three days and now the weather's turned and I'll be stuck inside. But no, it's a, it's a, it's a blast. Um and, you know, we're getting ready to turn the year. 50 events in this PJ season, the most I've ever had. So we got a lot of golf. Uh, and we're going to have the Masters in 129 days again, which is pretty cool. Uh, very cool. It was weird to watch it this year because, to me, the Masters always, you know, makes me feel good. One, because sure. golf is coming back. And two, because it's getting ready to warm up outside. So it was uh, odd not seeing the flowers blooming. Chick, who's the top 10 golfers in the world if I put you on top the spot? Top 10. Real quick. I couldn't name you 10 if you saved my life, but I will say I'll give as many as I can. Uh, let's see. Top 10. Well, I'll go DJ, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, 
Patrick Cantlay. Uh, hmm. No, I'm uh, I'll go Matthew Wolf. That's it. It it's amazing the Tiger effect. Oh, yeah. Half those guys look like oh, linebackers, yeah. I mean, yeah. don't they? And the Tiger was bigger than he was. You know, Tiger realized he couldn't be that big. Bryson has changed the game, and uh, you know, Tyson. Right. I mean, Bryson got he got uh, he got humbled by uh, Augusta National, which I love to see. I was wondering what they could do. Uh, to make it more difficult for the big bomber. Um, and I think they grew the rough out a little bit more than they normally do. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's going to have to hit it straighter. But it's fun to watch. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to lie. It's fun to watch a guy hit balls that other pros are going, holy crap, you know. So that's it's it's fun. Um, mm-hmm. And I would round out – I don't know how many I mentioned, but I'd, I'd round it out with uh, – I think Xander Schauffele and Justin Thomas are right there as well. Uh, Chick, what kind of cigars will you be doing while you do the uh, broadcast? Uh, I never smoke in my weekend? house. My wife would kill me. But I am a, I am a okay. I am a Cuban okay. uh, cigar smoker. Bahikes are my favorite. Um, uh, that's my, that's my go to. Um, and there's nothing better than a fine Cuban cigar. Mm. Chick, thank you so much for doing this today. I can't tell you. My this pleasure, man. I appreciate it for me. All right. Check Hernandez, everybody.